Amanda. Hey, Tommy. I was thinking about going back to college and I found this one that has some really interesting courses like remedial chaos theory. Have you ever heard of this place? I wonder if it's the same one I'm looking into. Is there a study group that we could both join? Yes, there is. And also their flag looks like an anus for some reason. Is it Greendale? From the TV show community. It sure is. And that's what we're going to talk about today. On Can We Talk About? Well, I'm a peanut bar and I'm here to say your checks will arrive on another day. Another day, another dime, another rhyme, another dollar. Another stuffed shirt with another white collar. Criminals, Wall Street, taking the pie. And all the black man gets is a plate of white lies. Prisons recruiting them, police be shooting them. Rap artists looting them, labels all diluting them. Barack Obama is scared of me because I don't swallow knowledge and I spit it for free. Let me clear my throat. <laughs> I don't know what that was, I don't. I don't know what that was. Can we talk about community? Please. Please. Like, we were just talking a little bit offline how much we both love this show. Love but this I show. feel like I haven't watched it in so long. I took a break from it. It's really funny. I go through bouts where, like, I'll I'll binge watch it. And just to really jump right there, I guess, it goes season one. Season two, season three, season five, and then season six-ish. Okay. Which isn't, okay. But okay. And I, I'll, I'll explain further. But did you watch this show from the inception or did you pick it up yeah. later? So I did. And oddly enough, and what year did this show start? 2008, nine? 2009. 2009. 2009. Okay. And oddly enough, when I did, just for context, I graduated high school in 2005. Okay. And when I graduated high school, the way it worked is like I had already had college credits and then I was working at a job where I was making a lot of money and I was like, I'm going to hold off going to school. And my mom was sick. So I stayed home to help with my family and all this other stuff. Didn't go to my dream school, kept holding it off. And then I went back to community college and I was years older than the kids yeah. that were starting because I was just like, I miss school. I miss learning. I love being in school. And I just started yeah. to take classes. And when this show came out, I was like, oh, my God, it's my life. It's my yeah. life. This is me. <laughs> Did you have a study group? Did you meet people? You know, I did have in my speech class, oddly enough. Do you remember when you had to take like that public speaking class? Everyone had to take their freshman year. And I took I took my public speaking class and made made some friends, made some yeah. solid friends that I'm still friendly with. It's like but it was like me and four dudes. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know what I was after there, but. Yeah. I mean, so for those that don't know, and and this is where it gets kind of interesting to me is to me, this is easily one of the greatest shows of all time for many reasons. I remember thinking like, you know, I would every once in a while I come up with like, oh, you know, what if you had a TV show about this or coming up with concepts for like TV shows in your head? I, I hope normal people do that, but that's what I do a lot. And I get angry sometimes because I think of like, ah, oh, this show was so meta and funny and the way it was written like everything was so perfect and like the sort of commentary on other tv shows like a tv show sort of commentating on other tv shows was so original at the time especially that i'm just i was angry at it and and nowadays angry at it because it was so good Yes, because or, because okay, it's almost okay. like it's they did it and you can't undo it and like no one can ever do that again without yeah, 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 yeah. being pointed at Absolutely. like you're just ripping off the community. 100% understood. And Dan Harmon now is probably way more well known for Rick and Morty than he is for this show at this point. 
which yeah. makes me upset because I'm like, this show is this like this show I, struggled to make it to its season six, but it deserved more. I feel like this is one of those shows that's going to have its resurgence the same way that yeah. we, uh, some of the shows we've already talked about. But like Parks and Rec kind of came back around a few years ago where it like it had yeah. died off and people didn't watch it and it came back around. And I have a feeling Community is going to do that because the people our age that have watched Community, it's a comfort show. It's just yeah. a straight up comfort show. And I agree with you on everything you said. One thing that I always thought when watching this is just like, I don't understand how somebody can come up with this, how it's all working. Yeah. Because if you yeah. were to explain to someone what the show's premise is and say, well, sometimes in episodes it randomly goes to a comic strip where they act yeah. out. You know, like they're yeah. really pissed at each other playing foosball. Now it's in a comic strip yeah. and they're arguing with each other. People would be like, that sounds so stupid. Yeah. But when you're watching it, it's like, how are they doing this? Not only how are they doing this, but how are they pulling this off so well? They're not just pulling yeah. it off. They're fucking killing it. Yeah. And that's how I would always feel watching it. The fact that it can go to different places and it still stays within the universe of itself. I went back and watched it. I mean, I've watched it so many times, but and I've talked about on this podcast a few times about how like sometimes shows take their time to find themselves, right? Like almost famously yeah. people are like, skip the first season of Parks and Rec. Yes. A show we haven't done yet, but I know everyone tells me about and we will eventually do is uh, Shit's Creek where people are like, just power through the first season. It gets better. But you yeah. almost have to like power through it. And we talked about how Arrested Development they almost famously were shot out of the cannon and were good from the first episode. Community starts off really strong, but it de devolves, if you will, or or evolves, depending on how you want to look at it, into itself. I want to say it's by like the eighth episode of the first season. And I, and I listened to the commentary on the show and everything, and there was an episode, and I think it's the one, and I'm trying to figure out which one it is. Um... But for the for the cast, for everybody, it was the episode in the first season where it turns into like a Goodfellas parody, which is the one that clicked for a lot of people like, oh, this is a whole this is a whole different show. It's like a we're different doing something. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. We're doing something way different. And I'm trying to see if I can find the name of the episode. I want to say like it was like, yeah, contemporary American poultry. 21st episode of the first season. Everything before that is still staying on like they're a study group you know, blah, blah, blah. And then it devolves into like, now we're doing parodies. And then two episodes after that is Modern Warfare. So the show quickly becomes itself in the in the first season, but out of like a, a 25 episode first season, takes about 20 episodes before they're like, all right, like this is not what you expect. Like we're going to dive full into it and be yeah. wacky and weird. Completely fair. And I feel like by that time, everybody's hooked. Yeah. Like you're so attached to the characters and the, the writing's fantastic. And the comedy and just everything about them. You're so attached to them. By the time it gets weird, you're so into it that the weird is like that much better. It's a, yeah. it's the best kind of weird. And it's unique and it's in of itself. Like the show, like everybody else now, I keep finding TV shows and movies through TikTok because there's like, you know, <laughs> someone posts a clip from a show. I'm like, oh, what is this movie? What is this show? And there was this, clip someone posted like oh if you liked parks and rec you'll love this show and i don't even know what the show was called it was like oh if you liked office space you'll love this this show 
And I think it's literally called corporate or something like that. But anyway, I'm just watching the scene and I'm like, everyone's acting over the top. Everyone's in on the joke. It's it's Is it written- workaholics. No, it's not workaholics. It's oh, I, I, was I'll, say, I'll, I love it's something show. obscure. <laughs> it, it, I think it's okay. called corporate. Okay. But the thing is, like, the way everyone's acting, they're like over the top. It's it, they're almost mimicking a scene from the movie Office Space with like the uh, the consultants there. But the acting is over the top. The the comedy is over the top. Where it's just like this this you're too indulgent almost. Whereas Community, like what I think what made the humor work is the characters. Like, I think the balance between, you know, Jeff and Annie uh, and Abed and Troy, the the way the characters were, they stayed true to life. There was a little bit of chaos and then it eventually devolved and they just sort of let go a little bit as it kept going. Yeah, that's fair. I feel like this to me was like a combination of the same way I felt about The Office or Parks and Rec, like that kind of group, you know, drama, yeah. comedy vibe. But then you throw in like an Always Sunny where it's a little bit ridiculous, but the ridiculousness fits the comedy so perfectly that it's not. I don't feel embarrassed watching it. I'm like in on the weirdness. Oh, yeah, absolutely. A good example. And you you mentioned The Office. uh, Some of the later seasons and I've seen people on especially on like Reddit mention this in places of like the show gets too wacky where it's just like it starts off as being a workplace comedy and then it like you you jump ahead a few seasons, especially after Michael left, and it's like uh, he's firing a gun in the office, and this like it's just it, it's like no, this is beyond reality now. We've escaped reality, but you're still trying to be a show that's a workplace comedy. It's too unrealistic at this point. We we've suspended belief way too much with Community. Like it gets wacky and weird, but they own it. Right. Like the first season, they're yeah, literally yeah, yeah, running yeah. around the school, having a uh, the uh, paint bun, paint, paint ball battle as the uh, not even the season finale, by the way, just to point that out. That is episode 23 of 25 from the first season. Can we just talk um, about that for a minute? Back when shows. Yeah. Had 20 plus episodes per season. Now, if we get yeah. 10 episodes, we're like, oh, this is a long season. I know. Every, everything is like, oh. 12 episodes, it's over already. Like, okay, well, guess we'll wait till next year. I mean, you know what's frustrating about that too? There's so many shows, like we we talked about Arrested Development on the our, you know, of course, Arrested Development episode. But we talked about how like they brought it back, they waited a couple of years and everyone's older and they had work done yeah. or they're just kind of slower. Yeah. When you're pumping out 25 episodes a season, right? Yeah. It's jam packed in there and you're getting all the episodes done and there's there's a lot of room for now we have this catalog of content that's going to live on for years when you're doing 12 episodes a season and there's a year or two between seasons by season three everyone's like six years older you know so I think it, it is depressing that the world of 22 episode seasons as being the norm is is gone and way way behind us now. I also think, and I think that's because I watch New Girl all the damn time. Those episodes are short. They're like 25 to 26, 27 minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. very digestible at 20 plus episodes. Yeah. And I get it. And maybe you're not going to do 25 hour long episodes Yeah. per season. But I do feel like there's so much storyline missing now. And I feel like yeah. shows like this that just like we're able to pack so much into a season you're like, oh, it's only, you know, only six seasons long. 
Yeah. <laughs> six seasons in a movie, but like it's only six yeah. seasons long and you're kind of like, oh, that's it. And then you look and you're like, oh my God, this is like 10 times the amount of episodes as every new yeah. show that's come out. Yeah. And it's funny sad. enough too, and I just pulled it up randomly because I'm like, what's what's something like produced by NBC or someone that's like new? And and the one I keep hearing about is Poker Face, right? That's the one with- um, Oh yeah. Uh, Natasha. And, yeah. And that is- um, and I guess, are they hour long episodes? Maybe they're hour long episodes. Uh, 10 episodes. That's it. That's all they get. I feel like every good show, it's like eight <laughs> episodes, 10 episodes, 11. I if know. you get 12, like, I don't remember what Game of Thrones was, but I just remember being like, oh my God, maybe because we've become such a bingeable society and this is such a bingeable show and yeah. it makes it so much more enjoyable to binge because it is so long. You can watch, you know, five episodes in yeah. a sitting and you're like, I just watched five episodes of a show I love where yeah. you're not, you know, waiting a full week to find out what happens. Well, and, and by the way, just as a good example, Severance, another show we've talked about here. Yeah, nine absolutely. episodes. That's it. You, we only had nine episodes, which I, I think what's bonkers to me in the world and the economics of TV today. We're going way off topic, by the way. We'll, we'll get back. <laughs> we really but are. Well, it, it, it's the, the show. It's what yeah. we talk about. In the economics of the TV world, to your point, everyone is binging stuff now. That's how everyone is consuming this content. And for a world where they're consuming content in bulk and binging, you want a show that has 25 episodes in a season or has a catalog yeah. of, you know, I mean, what, by season two, we're almost at just shy of 50 episodes at that point. <laughs> insane. Right? That's a whole series. It, yeah. In two years, you have 50 episodes. And there that are some shows nuts. that are airing now, like like The Mandalorian hasn't even come close to 25 total episodes at this point. So, but I'll get back on track and say, number one, the show, the talent that's behind it, it's the same thing that we, when we talked about a lot of parallels between like this and like Arrested Development, there was talent there. And ironically enough, there's the, the common thread is Anthony and Joe Russo. Yeah. They did Arrested Development, but they also did Community and they were like in Community from day one. Justin Lin who famously like directed a bunch of fast and furious movies was directed episodes of this. And I believe I want to say it was Justin Lin directing modern warfare that got him so good considered for that. So yeah, it's just, it's just great. Do you have a, a favorite episode from the first season? From the first season? I don't remember. Yeah. We actually just talked about this offline. So let me yeah. let me backtrack. Because yeah. I haven't watched it in so long from beginning to end, what yeah. keeps happening for me, the way I come back to this show is I'll, I'll watch just like an episode. A clip will pop up. I'm like, oh, that was a good episode. And I'll watch yeah. like clips of it on YouTube or something. Like, it's not like the way I am with New Girl where I just keep rewatching the show, which I should yeah. because I feel like I'm missing so much of the genius of the show. So I don't know if I have a favorite first season episode. Yeah. Well, I also realized before we even get into that and before I put you on the spot there, I realized we just sort of jumped right into it and assumed like, yeah, okay, everyone loves the show, right? Everyone knows what community is. So you have Joel McHale, who at that point was coming off of doing The Soup on E. Yeah. That was pretty much what he's known for. Side note, I met the guy in person years ago and through some, you know, back of Hollywood stuff. Because when I met him, I was just like, I don't understand why this guy is not more famous than he is. Like this, like he was really was funny. He, nice? on, he was super nice. I love. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Joel McHale, I thought you were going to tell nice me he's guy. an asshole and I was going to be so sad. No, okay. no, no. There's this one awkward picture of him in like a peacoat 
with his arm around me, towering over me. I'm five seven. I'm not, you know, I'm I'm you know, average height, we'll call it, please. Uh, but I'm five seven and he was towering over me. He's a very tall man. It's a tall man. It's a tall drink of water. But he uh, sort of plays a lovable version of the character he kind of plays in pretty much everything, which is just this, you know, I don't know how to, how you how would you describe him in this from from a woman's point of view, if you will. Well, I feel like he's very charming. Know, he is very charming, but okay, so he is the everyone's going to fall for him guy. You know what I mean? Like you just you're like, oh god, he he could fuck but, anything he wants to. <laughs> but at the same time, I think maybe I should say the first season right so yeah. you're like oh look at joel McHale. he's very attractive he's doing this role very well look at him go he's doing yeah. great a little bit of an asshole oh, yeah okay touch of a yeah. dick oh okay he just keeps getting worse bit yeah. of a misogynist okay we're gonna keep going with that yeah. but then as his character <laughs> develops he becomes everything you don't think he is and like yeah i thought i was gonna grow to really hate him you know the way yeah. that that everybody, the first season really set me up to be like, oh, this guy's going to be the fucking dick of the show. And don't get me wrong. Yeah. He has his diva moments where you're like, yeah. ew, what a little bitch. Yeah. But I also feel like he's really endearing and he comes around and he's like, by the end of the show, he's very well championed, I'll say. Yeah, absolutely. I, he starts off and it's like, here's a guy who's narcissistic and he's constantly sarcastic, doesn't take anything seriously. And for those that don't know, because I feel like we should at least mention it, the premise of the show is uh, Joel McHale is Jeff Winger. He's a former lawyer, former because he was caught with one a of fake my favorite degree. lines. Uh, one of oh, my I got a degree lines. from Columbia, and now I need one from America. <laughs> no, I need one from America. <laughs> <laughs> so he he enrolls in community college to get a degree so he can go back to being a lawyer. So the Setup of the of the entire series is he is there to try to quickly get through however he can and, of course, cutting corners wherever he can in getting his degree so he can become a lawyer again because that's his life and that's what he's been doing for, you know, however many years. But to your point, yeah, like underneath it all, like that's how it starts. And as I said, the line, which sounded bad in general of like, let me what's what's the woman's point of view on, on uh, Joel McHale in this episode is the thing with that is too is I think he's sort of starts off as written as like what the a guy's version of the ideal man is, right? It's this like sarcastic, funny, and ironically enough, he's sort of written as whatever character Chevy Chase played in pretty much everything back in the eighties, which we'll get to him in a, in a couple minutes. Anyway, so there's him, and then there's uh, Jillian Jacobs. I've also met her. I, I don't. I'm, I'm not going to throw that in there, but like. I'm as I'm reading this, I'm like, I gotta check off my list of all the celebrities from the show I have. Met. I love and her so much. I love her too. Her show Love on Netflix was Chef's Kiss. I heard really good things about that show too. And I, I love that it. show. I gotta go back and try it. But uh what I was gonna say too is what I'll give her a lot of credit for is and again, this is the way this I feel like Dan Harmon, and I think he's admitted this too, is he sort of set it up as like, oh, here's you know, our version of friends, but at college kind of thing. And then it yeah. very quickly deviates from that plan of like, <laughs> nothing it like starts, that. Maybe the first no. two episodes, you might get that vibe, but not after that. Yeah. It's set up where it's going to be like, oh, this is Joel McHale's character and Jillian Jacobs's character, which is Britta Perry. And they're going to be the will they, won't they for the entire series. And they sort of play with that a little bit, but not in like what you expect or not playing into like this is the same time 
the office is airing and everyone's like, oh, Pam and Jim, Pam and Jim. Right. And they're just like, we don't want to do that here. I know. I feel like it's more Jeff and everybody. <laughs> Jeff could just oh, yeah, get yeah, with yeah. everybody, you know, because yeah. then there's a little Jeff and Allison. Like you just you, yeah. you touch with danger all the way down the line with him. Yeah. And and eventually they, they eventually they 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 do do an episode where they touch on that. And about like we're like Shirley, who's Yvette Nicole Brown. And I'm jumping around now. But she's she's like, well, why not me and Jeff? Like we're the same age. But obviously, they, yeah. they you know, they <laughs> look very different. And anyway, so going back, I'll do Shirley. Yvette Nicole Brown plays Shirley, who, by the way, disappears, I think, after season five, four. I want to say. Four or five, four. yeah. To take care of yeah. her father. <laughs> he was dying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's funny, too, is they play that up in the show. There's like a they, they do like a one off with her, I think, in season six. But she plays the uh, devout Christian divorced mother <laughs> uh, who's She's going incredible. back to school. Yeah. Danny uh, Hootie who plays Abed, who is, in my opinion, more of the central character as it goes than than Joel McHale is. Agreed. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, it, but it you becomes, don't expect it. It becomes no, you don't the Abed show. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Who is addicted to television. And it's kind of funny, too, because I think Dan Harmon has mentioned, like, all of these characters, while sort of based on his experience, are all different versions of either people around him or like separate versions of his own personality. So he's this sort of like a cross. This whole show is based off of that, yeah. right? Like his own yeah. community college experience. Yeah, he actually, he had a study okay. group. <laughs> this so, is so uh, incredible. <laughs> yeah. And then you have um, Alison Brie, who, oh man, I, I had a thing for Alison Brie. I mean, who didn't? Who plays Annie Edison, the overachiever, formerly addicted to Adderall back in high school, where she went with Troy Barnes, which is Donald Glover, who I have a really funny story about. Okay. Love that. Uh, who was the former high school quarterback, but it's really funny too. Again, these are all so cliche and knowing that from like the brain of Dan Harmon, it's just like, yeah, we're going to quickly toss that aside. Like that's, we're going to like yeah. evolve yeah, these yeah, characters yeah. away from those caricatures. And then uh, Chevy Chase, who plays Pierce Hoth Hawthorne. <sighs> It was oh, very boy. problematic behind the scenes. Oh, boy. And then in the starting over the first season and not meant to be like someone to stick around. But, you know, this is one of those things where like same thing with The Office where Ed Helms was like just supposed to be like a one off character. Yeah. And then the the hangover happened. Everyone's like, oh, like the NBC executives are like, we got to lock this guy in. Bring him, you know, keep him on the show. Same thing with this show where Ken Jong did The Hangover. And they're like, oh, that's the. The Asian guy who shows his penis in the movie. Everyone loves, the kids love him. Keep him around. And so he gets locked in for the, the rest of the entire series. Is um, Wait, I might have an answer to your other question. Season one, is that where he like screams at everyone in the classroom and is like, why am I a Spanish teacher? Because I'm a fucking Spanish genius. Is that <laughs> when he like screams at everyone? Because that episode's incredible. It's like the Spanish 101 class. He uh he's all up in your uh, he uh, he does it so well. Yeah. There's an entire rant. He's just walking around the class, shouting at people in Spanish. It's in so English. good. And the fact that he's just like, I will say, I pretty much like everyone involved in this show, uh, with one exception, and I'll get to him in a second, is sort of down than, for the other than Chevy Chase. Other than Chevy Chase, okay, uh, is just down for to have fun. They're playful with their characters. I mean, especially Jillian Jacobs, who is just like 
throws her body like physically and mentally like just she is the butt of the joke constantly. Like she starts off as being like, oh, this is the Rachel of this show, a la Friends. And it's like, no, 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 she is not. She is the, I don't know, there's no other character to, to compare her to. She is the no, piece of shit they step on she is her own human. Constantly. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'll get to, I'll get to him in a second, but uh, Jim Rash, who plays Dean. Dean or, Craig. Or, uh, Dean Craig or Dean Pelton. He was only supposed to be on one episode, by the way. He was only supposed to be on the the pilot, and then they brought him back, and then he... Has a Thank thing God. with Dalmatians through the Thank first God. season. He's so, I love him. <laughs> I, I was saying offline that that payday rap, the payday rap oh. is probably one of my favorite television moments. Which, we you know what's ever. funny about that? We you know what's great about that? That is season six. No, it's that not. Is not a, yes, it is. That no is season way. six. That yes. feels like so early. Doesn't it feel like such an early? Now, now you're gaslighting me. I got to check this. No, you know what? I apologize. That was season five, but that was late in the Not series, much better. Yes. Yeah. No. <laughs> Not much better. No. Well, and I say that too, because like they were the, the show obviously went through some things uh, before I, I, Chevy Chase deserves a quick thing by himself. But before I get there for context, because this relates, the show went on for six seasons, five of which were on NBC. The sixth season aired on everyone's favorite platform it's not netflix not disney plus but yahoo screen we all subscribe to yahoo screen of course every day it's i don't know how i'd live without it all, yeah all my favorite sure. tv shows are on yahoo screen so what happened was <laughs> <laughs> i'll get back to that because there's a whole story in and of itself for that too but uh somewhere around season three i think it might have even been the rap party uh chevy chase had a uh interesting back and forth he didn't get the show and he was also used to being the center of attention pretty much always. And so, you know, he didn't understand the humor of the show. He didn't understand how it was written. He didn't think the jokes were funny. And so he would constantly bicker with Dan Harmon, passive aggressively. And then he would also try to show up everybody else. Now, ironically enough, uh, Donald Glover, who through outtakes and the show itself, because a lot of stuff that he had improved, especially in like the... Uh, the tags at the end of the show, like the uh, Spanish rap he does and things like that, were all, that's him, right? This is a kid who came from like, you know, improv. He came from, he was a writer on 30 Rock. He got a lot of attention because he was funny. And a lot of it, like the actors hung around with them. They were all friends. Chevy Chase used, to, the older guy used to be in the center of attention, used to being like the, the focus, blashed out a lot. He Dropped the N-bomb a few times on set, uh, which obviously alienated a few sure of his did. black co-stars. Yeah. So there was a lot of problems with Chevy Chase in general. What it cultivates in is he leaves Dan Harmon a scathing voicemail about how the show is not funny. He's a piece of shit. All this other stuff. Well, Dan decides to play it at the rap party to the cast and crew <laughs> with Chevy not there. <laughs> On the mic. And then that audio then gets further leaked out. And then uh, NBC and Sony, who who produces the show, decided we're going to cut ties with Dan Harmon. And so for season four, they bring in some new showrunners who, by the way, and talking about like how long the season were, season four was only 13 episodes, right? Which is maybe a oh, good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moses Port and David Guara, Guara, I can't pronounce his last name, but Moses Port is probably like the more well-known name in that in that bunch. These guys who had 
very little experience show running and the show that they they worked on prior was this show called Aliens in America, which is one of the most baffling things I've ever seen make it to air on any network. I, yeah. I can't even describe it without explaining that like this was a show that ran very quickly, was canceled very quickly, ran on the CW, and it was supposed to be about a foreign exchange student who came to America, an Indian foreign exchange student. And it sort of played up to like all the weird, crazy stereotypes. Like it's an Indian guy. Oh no, people think he's a terrorist. Like this is a show that ran on the CW. It's bonkers. <laughs> it's just, it's doesn't make any sense. I can't believe this actually made it to air. Um, but regardless, NBC, Sony tap this guy, these guys to um, run the show. They take the show in a very odd direction with some weird episodes and weird character developments that they sort of, when that season ends, working with Dan Harmon, realize, okay, we, we can bring Dan Harmon back because <laughs> this show is is not what it used to be and it's and it's falling apart. So the show does come back for a fifth season. At that point, Dan Harmon comes back. Those two guys are out. And then at that point, Dan Harmon continues on and that uh, chugs along for a single season, 13 episodes at NBC. And then NBC decides not to renew it. But you know who has money to pay for a sixth season? Yahoo. Remember them? So Back in- insane. <laughs> and so for context, oh, to give them a little credit, Yahoo was trying to launch what they call a, an ad-supported VOD service. So like Netflix, but with ads. And so their concept was, let's bring on a big TV show that everyone knows. Just like Netflix did with Arrested Development, uh, Yahoo tried to do with Community. But again, Yahoo had no concept of what a TV show costs or how it works or you know any of that stuff. So they let Dan Harmon be Dan Harmon. I will say, and this is this is probably the most important part, I'll give Dan Harmon a lot of credit because I think we talked about on the Arrested Development episode about how the creator there uh, sort of went off the deep end and just like, oh, I can make episodes 40 minutes long and let a joke just run on until it's a beaten dead horse. Uh, They did not do that. I will give them credit. The season six episodes are concise. It's clear they they don't have as much money as they used to, but the show is, is still predominantly tight. It's, it's still well produced. The episodes are not overly done. I think that was also part of the deal with Sony of like, they'll do it on Yahoo screen, but like, it's still going to be something that's shopped as a syndication show for broadcast. So they want to still keep the episodes at 22 minutes and things. So Maybe they still had those barriers in place to keep them on track. But season six, while it does look a little and it, and what what does hurt a little bit is it season six opens up and there's um a lot of CGI in the beginning. Like there's a there's a gag. Bit. I don't want to ruin it, but but there's they use a lot of CGI and they don't have the NBC money anymore. <laughs> so, OK, it's a little different. But compare that to, you know, I think it was it might have even been season one. Two, maybe it was season two, where they had the uh, the season two episode epidemiology. It's uh, season season two episode six, where Dan Harmon paid out of pocket to pay for the sync licenses for all the ABBA music in that episode. Oh my god, are you kidding me? I did not know that. Yeah, he like NBC's like you only have this budget. That's it. And he was like, no, 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 I need this, and then paid out of pocket 
to pay for the licensing Shut to up. get all the ABBA music in that episode. Yeah. What a little badass. So. I love that. That's a great fun fact. Fun fact. Yeah. <laughs> there was a few times, and I, I think he covers this in a few different places. I, I know at least from like the commentary I listened to where Dan Harmon paid out of his own pocket to have stuff done. I think maybe even the Christmas episode where it was all claymation. I think he also paid out of pocket for that, if I'm not mistaken. Abed's Uncontrollable Christmas, which by the way is season two. Like, like that's what I'm saying. Like you think about like how shows like go way off the deep end or like really own themselves and, and who they are. I mean, this show, again, <laughs> season one has a lot of stuff like Modern Warfare or Contemporary American Poultry, which is which is one of the best ones. But yeah, anyway, so that's my synopsis of that. And and a little bit of Chevy Chase in there too. Oh God. Do you have a favorite episode of the show? Yeah, it's funny. Even in prep for this, I actually went back and I was like, oh, what episode do I like? What are some of my favorites? Funny enough, I think the show hit its stride in season two. I think that's where it was the most playful and the most fun. One of my favorites is Basic Rocket Science, which I, I just oh, watched just before one. we record this, which is, and again, I got to give them credit, the product integration with KFC like KFC is like, we want to do product integration. They're like, we're going to make a KFC spaceship and really integrate. Like the way they messed around with doing product integration instead of like literally just like showing the cast all sitting there eating at a KFC for for like a scene is so, I love that. I love, and I, and I again, going back, a lot of this relates to our conversation around Arrested Development where I was saying, sometimes I feel like you need barriers for creativity. Sometimes I'm, it's, it's like, all right, you have a TV show. It's all based in one room. They can't leave the room for the episode. Okay, now write that episode. And I feel like when you're caught within those bounds and trying to be creative, you get more creativity out of that. Whereas, like with them, like you, our KFC wants to do a product integration. Figure out an inter, in, like an interesting way to product do product integration with KFC for this episode. And what do they come up with? There's a spaceship, Colonel Sanders, like all this other stuff, like. It's all in there. And they do the same thing a couple seasons later with Honda, which I think was maybe also during the Yahoo screen season. I think that that's probably one of the reasons I love the show. While it was, you know, people be like, oh, that's, I, it's too weird for me. I've gotten that so many times. Yeah. I'm like, you don't watch Community? I fucking love that show. And like, it gets so weird. Yeah. But to me, yes, there are obviously. Obviously, it gets weird. Yeah. We've already spoken about that. Yeah. But they took so many things that were relevantly to happening in the outside world and brought it yeah. into their world. Like the whole yeah. Cougar Town thing with Abed and then oh, he's in an episode of Cougar Town. <laughs> like he's in the background of an episode of Cougar Town. One and of my I favorites. Remember, and it was like a perfect, that is the, yeah. probably the least likely character to show up in Cougar Town. And the way that, like yeah. you said, they just did so many crossover things. They made the outside world so relevant in their show, it didn't feel like yeah. there was a fake world built around their show. It's like they were part of your world. Like this could be happening oh, yeah. at your community college. Oh yeah. And by the way, even I funnier that. about that too, he's so there's a mention on community about how Abed went to go visit the set of Cougar Town because he's obsessed with that show. Yeah. And then he's actually on that show just in the background. He's on it. Sitting at another table and then randomly runs away. And then we get the context of what actually happened in 
the episode of Community. And then separately during one of the, I, I think it was in the second season, one of the paintball episodes, Dan Bird and uh, Busy Phillips and are Busy just Phillips, like in yeah, the crowd. In season two in the finale. Yeah. yeah. I, f- <laughs> I just in the crowd cheering. It. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. The Leonard Likes Pizza YouTube channel. It exists. Yeah. <laughs> it's real. It's with the spelling mistake and everything. It's real. And funnier to me, and this is where it becomes like a little bit punk rock is at, while this show is airing simultaneously, the biggest, the biggest hit show on, on network TV is Glee. And not only, and not only that, they were at the soundstage next door to Glee and they take so many swipes at Glee constantly just taking swipes. I know and I Glee. love Glee. I don't I, care. You can shit on me all day, Tom. I know that you watch a screener for it and you're like, oh, it's going to be yeah. a good show. And then it yeah. got Amanda-like and I fucking love Glee. <laughs> you're allowed to love Glee. I'm okay with that. Thank you. But, Thank but you, so you still much. Do you still appreciate the swipes at Glee that the show takes? Absolutely. <laughs> because here I am, 35 years old, where I'll still rewatch Glee and be like, this is embarrassing. I'm yeah. embarrassed. But I, I'm, I'm there. I'm in. Yeah. And you know what's funny? So I, and I mentioned to you too, I don't know if I, I said it during this podcast, but when I watch the show, I do, I do seasons one, two, three, five, six. I skip over four. I can't watch it. But it is a testament to how the the characters are written in a way where even at their faults, they're still lovable, but they stay true to the, who they are and they evolve, but they evolve gently. And in season four, what was so whiplashy about the characters, like they were just doing stuff that it's like the, the characters didn't do this. This isn't with how the characters would evolve. We already know them for three seasons. And then it, it sort of hits a reset button in season five but it goes to show you how delicate the writers and Dan Harmon and Megan Gans, by the way, who wrote so many episodes of the show, who I'm excited now that people generally know who Megan Gans is from the Always Sunny podcast. For context, Megan Gans was a writer on Community. She went on to become a writer on It's Always Sunny. And if you, anyone watches the Always Sunny podcast or sees clips from it, she is the producer in the room with them during the podcast. Um, so she's getting her comeuppance. People understand she's a household name now because she, because apparently she's on camera. Never been, never done that before. But she has written so many episodes of the show and stayed true to who these people are. And I think even she admitted that some of like the stuff that happened during season four was like out of her control. But yeah, I mean, I love the way the show is written. It's so close to my I heart. I agree. And, but, and to answer your question, because I never actually answered it, my favorite episode <laughs> yeah. is Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, that's funny. I that's I rewatched that because was it our 2023 movie episode when we talked about Dungeons and Dragons? And you're like, oh, it was a community episode watch that made me like yes. want to play yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I rewatched it after we did that. And I was like, that's, yeah. I get it now. I really yeah. get it. Mine is remedial chaos theory, but I, oh, it's, yeah. that's my personal favorite episode. Yeah. For many reasons. I like how weird it gets. I just love the different yeah. universes and timelines that they all go down. I just love that. But it's funny because that's not the episode I would recommend someone to watch to get them into the show. You know how you have that one episode that you're like, yeah. watch this episode, you'll love it. I feel like that one might be too far into the weird realm. Like <laughs> I need something softer, a little bit softer yeah. to get them to be like accepting the weirdness of this episode. Yeah. Well, also when, if you send them down that, like you're spending the same, you're spending a lot of time with the characters doing the same thing over and over again. 
So they probably really have to enjoy. Yeah. What is your, wait, that's a good question though. What is your like recommendation episode then? Um, now I have to think about it. One of the ones that makes me giggle so much because it, the episode where Annie uses chloroform on the janitor, what episode is that? Oh, what episode is that? I laugh so hard at that episode. It is just a perfect example of like all of the characters and their hilarity and Oh God! What episode is that? That is one of my favorite episodes. I know I what say. it is. I, I, think I, that I, would I be... already have it. It's accounting okay, for lawyers. Oh my God! It's so good. That's season one or two. Season two, episode two. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's one of my favorite ones. When she uses chloroform on the janitors, it's so good. It's so fucking funny. That's one of my favorites. And what's funny about that episode too is uh, you also get Rob Corddry, who pops up a few times through the the series as just this asshole lawyer who used to work with Joel McHale's character and Drew Carey pops up as like a likable person with a hole in his hand for reasons. The cameos on this show are fucking insane. Like, yeah, if when you if you were to type in the cast list, which I did before we started recording, the people that pop up are insane. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you've got Fred Willard, which oddly enough, Fred Willard and Patrick Stewart were in line to play Pierce's part. Did you know that? Well, I I knew about Fred Willard because even in season, well, I think it's actually season four, which is frustrating. When he comes, but, um, he comes, yeah. He he pops up as like they're doing like Abed is I don't know I don't know what the, what storyline they tried to come up with that was actually happening, but it was it was <laughs> off character for for Abed. But yeah, uh, he like recast Chevy Chase and instead cast uh, Fred Willard in that uh, yeah in that role of of um, Pierce. They really wanted Patrick Stewart, which I could I think I could see Patrick Stewart, but uh, he can do anything. I'm convinced of it. But Fred Willard is very I don't know if you watch Modern Family, but he plays Phil Dumphy's dad. I just love Fred Willard. I'm a big Christopher Guest fan. And I just love. Yeah, he's a weirdo. I love I love love Fred Willard. Are you kidding me? And um, Fred Willard. And then have you watched I Think You Should Leave yet? No, not yet. It okay, is it's he pops my next up on show there. to watch. Okay, okay. He, he pops up on there as well. So j- just to help set it up for you as well. Wonderful, wonderful. But there's like, this is a star-studded cameo. You've got like Andy Dick, Jack Black, Malcolm yeah. Lamar Warner. You've got LeVar Burton, LeVar Burton. Yeah. Reading Rainbow. <laughs> uh, Nick Kroll, Randall Park, Kamal Nanjiani. Yeah. So many people. Well, Tig Notaro. I fucking love Tig Notaro. Doesn't she play like a disgruntled bartender or... I'm trying to remember. She's definitely a bartender in an episode. Hold on. Yes, you're right. She is a bartender. She is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, Uh, I completely forgot about that. Oh, and John Oliver. We haven't talked about John Oliver being on this show. John Oliver is is like in a few seasons, but randomly like disappears for like a full season, comes back for a season. John Oliver, he plays a drunken college professor (laughs) who's problematic, but it's John Oliver and he's he's funny and swarmy. I love I love John and Jonathan Banks, who is from yeah Better Call Saul. Better Call Saul and and uh, yeah, which I did not realize. I truly did not realize until I rewatched the Payday episode. I was like, oh my god, how did I not realize this? Well, I well, I will say too. I think what's great about the way Dan Harmon writes these characters too is like the clashing between like Joel McHale's character and Chevy Chase's character becomes a thing because that's what's happening behind the scenes, right? 
or like the yeah, evolution of for sure. the evolution of Donald Glover's character comes from who he is behind the scenes where he's just like, this is who people think you are versus like, this is who you really are. And he kind of comes out and becomes himself in the show, right? He starts off as I'm a former high school quarterback and they unzip that real quick and let him become just goofy and fun and be like, I just want to wear pajamas and play pretend with Abed and oh. be silly, build a pillow fort. So I love that about this show is that they let the characters become who they should be or want to be. And it's funny too, because like even with Allison Bree's character, they constantly play up the, what's the line? Annie's kind of young, but we, we try not to sexualize her. Is that the line that they, <laughs> that he whispers over to Jack Black at some point? And it's funny because they obviously like Allison Bree is a very sexual human being. If you ever watch any of the behind the scenes and stuff or, or, and I think she actually commented on this recently on a different podcast about in the advanced Dungeons and Dragons episode, like her explanation, which is, which is muted. And you just see her describing her character and what they do and how she pleasures the maiden at the, in the village. So good. <laughs> I, I love it. I can, I mean, I can listen to Alison Brie do that all day. I'm okay with that. That's what I love about the show too, is it's not forcing you to, uh, to believe these characters are different people or the, the cat or the, act i don't know it, it meshes too much it becomes meta in of itself of like chevy chase is an asshole so they started writing chevy chase's character as an asshole as an asshole yeah i mean um, when he dies he literally fucking leaves everyone in his will a canister of his sperm yeah which but we have to mention that too is during the pandemic they did a celebrity reading like virtual table read yeah. of that episode with um pedro pascal Pedro Pascal, who is Daddy, one of the characters Daddy, in the show. Daddy yeah. Pedro Pascal. <laughs> Say it right here. Who who burst out laughing way too, like could not control himself reading. And now here's some sperm in uh in, in the episode. <laughs> so. And now here's some sperm. And here's some sperm. And here's your obligatory sperm. But what I, I love about it too is Jim Rash, Dean, and his... They, they they go off the deep end with him and let him just like do all kinds of wacky things and be a funny character. But season one starts so subtly of him watching a video of this guy in a Dalmatian costume. And one of my favorite quotes is, I hope this doesn't awaken something in me. And then <laughs> by like the like the last episode of the season, he literally <laughs> hired two people dressed up as Dalmatians to be his date for the dance, which I forget what the dance was in the last episode. But I love that. Like the show just devolves into silly and then just becomes what it decides it wants to be and then just says this is who we are like it, it waves its pride flag if you will is that a fair way to, to describe it maybe it does and you know as silly as it is some of like the most beautiful lines i've heard in television have yeah. been in this show like in the episode my favorite episode um in chaos they there's like a beautiful line that Abed says about chaos and and I saw in TikTok which reminded me of it the other day some girl has it tattooed on her arm <laughs> what wait what's the quote chaos already dominates enough of our lives the universe is an endless raging sea of randomness our job isn't to fight it but to weather it together on the raft of life that's a beautiful quote <laughs> Abed what is that from that's I think that's from the chaos series episode Oh, is it? Wow. Yeah. I love this. I, uh, yeah. This show is so great. If you're listening to this and you haven't watched the show, I mean, nothing's spoiled or anything. Go watch it. It's it's hilarious. It gets 
so meta and fun. Skip season four, of course. <laughs> but also, I got to give the show so much credit because because I still go back sometimes and I'm like, oh, that's the reference. Like, I mean, clearly the episode I mentioned too is being one of my favorites, Basic Rocket Science. Like, the show yeah. opens with someone running down the hallway and then like them, you know, opening the door and they're like, City College has a rocket. Like, it's all a reference to the movie like Apollo 13. Yeah. Right? Or like... It's, I have it's, to rewatch it because I've I think I missed a lot. I think I yeah. missed a lot of references. Yeah, but and I mean it's it's that it's the Goodfellas references, all that stuff, and it's always silly, right? Like it's not it you know like their Goodfellas reference episode or parody. It's not even a parody. It's it's an homage. I, I think that's the one. The, the yeah, key that's phrase fair. Here. I think they love homage. that. They're doing homage to Goodfellas, but in doing so, instead of it being drugs or something, it's it's chicken fingers. Like that's that's the whole episode, right? It's just them, you know, creating an empire, like a criminal empire around chicken fingers. It's such a good show. I I, I mean, there, and the thing is, there's so many episodes, but also, like, you know, there's some stuff I can't show my son yet or whatever. He's still too young. But like, back to the the two part episode, a fistful of paintballs and a few more and for yes. a few more paintballs. So damn good. Like even like the references inside of there, like, oh, we're not doing the old West reference anymore. Now we're doing more of like a Star Wars motif. Like they reference it in the episode. Abed decides that he wants to be the Han Solo character. Like just all of that stuff. It's so it's so well done. It's so And there's fun. so many Easter eggs like yes. like in Arrested Development. They keep shows going. And I don't correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't remember what it starts. But the Beetlejuice thing, how if you say Beetlejuice. That is the yeah. most famous one is the Beetlejuice. The most one, famous is, Beetlejuice. Which so they good. say Beetlejuice three times across multiple seasons, even. And the third time they say the word Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice walks in the background. So good. But that's the thing. There's like so much attention to detail and, and all that kind of stuff here that it's just, it's a lot of fun. But now I will say the sad part here is we lose Donald Glover after what season is it? After season, he he does a little bit like the first few episodes of season five, right? Did I get that right? I don't remember. Probably because yeah. I didn't finish season six. I've watched it here and there on YouTube. Whatever I can get for free, baby. <laughs> That's how I watched it. He's only in the first five episodes of season five of a 13 episode season. His last episode is an episode called Geothermal Escapism, which, you know, uh, Donald Glover is leaving the show. It's his final episode, you know, and everyone's sad to see him go and stuff. So everyone starts, just, you know. It devolves into a Road Fury um, or like a Mad Max kind of motif, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In in that. And then, so you have him. He leaves the show. Chevy Chase had already left the show. Jonathan Banks came in to sort of pseudo replace that spot, that seat in the chair in the, in the study room for that season. Yvette Nicole Brown leaves the show at some point too. Yeah. And then by season six, it's a very different cast. You still have Joel McHale. You have uh, Jillian Jacobs is still Britta. Danny Pudi is still there as Abed. Allison Brie is still there. And you have Jim Jim Rash, who is Dean uh, Pelton. And you have uh, Ken Jeong, uh, who is Ben Chang. But then you also have Keith David, who is pretty much the voice of like A&E documentaries and stuff and, and 80s action star. Like I love Keith David, who plays Elroy, who's the sort of sit-in or at least sits in the chair of where Chevy Chase sat. Yeah. And then uh, Paget Brewster, who 
is a very different character, but sort of takes the Yvette Nicole Brown chair in the study room. So by the final season, we've turned over. They never try to replace um, Donald Glover, but we have other replacements in the cast, if you will. And Ken Jong gets kind of promoted to hang out with them a little bit more. And so, and I will say season six for a show that wasn't on national, like network television is still well-produced really good. There's a really fun episode, like a few fun episodes in there. There, it's, it's, just, it's just a good show. It keeps going. It's great. I love it. One of my other favorite lines is my friend and I used to say to each other all the time, if we would like watch a movie and be like, I'm not really understanding what's going on. She'd be like, yeah. I didn't get Inception. I didn't get Inception. <laughs> <laughs> like, I get it, man. I didn't get Inception either. Obviously, we got Inception, but it's just a line that Trey yeah. says and it's just so fucking funny. And it's, again, it's one of those things that, you know, the pop culture lines, people that have watched yeah. it definitely have the things that are quite quotable. Like before, I was just like, God, I thought you went to Columbia and now I have to get a degree yeah. from America. Yeah. And now <laughs> so I know one good. from America. Yeah. It's so And that was good. just the first episode. How many times have you, have you ever used the phrase streets ahead? Oh my God. And I, I know that we've kind of, t you touched on it, but like the way that Abed is obsessed with TV he yeah. shits on TV. His character shits on TV and like yeah. sh takes jabs at the way that TV is actually produced and the way that like TV producers and networks create TV yeah. so many times during the show. And I love not only that it was aired and they didn't make him get out, but like yeah. the one note that I have from the funniest quotes, Abed says, TV rules aren't based on common sense. They're based on the studio <laughs> wanting to milk their profits dry. And he just gets away with it. Yeah. And I feel like that's not not usually allowed. I will say too, one of my favorite episodes is, as far as him going down the rabbit hole of just, you know, yeah, him being him is when he takes the class, who's the boss? <laughs> which, by the way, Stephen Toblowski is the professor in that class, which I forget where I heard this anecdote, but I'm going to share it here. Okay. Stephen uh, Toblowski, who uh, he's been in so many things, by the way. Love him. He was Ned Ryerson in uh, in Groundhog's Day. Yep. Or Groundhog Day, right? Ground, right. Okay, yeah, they're right. Groundhog so Day. Yes. Groundhog Day. Yes. To be clear, sorry Groundhog. about that. And I can't get his face out of my head anymore because uh, to promote that episode that we did for this podcast on our TikTok <laughs> and Instagram, that like I, I had a rap made of it was so uh, good. Ned Ryerson rap. I love that. We should actually use it in the episode. I don't know why we didn't, but anyway. They hired him to do that show, but he apparently had like some procedure, like he had like a bypass surgery or something. He was not fully well. And I forget where he said it. Maybe it was like a Reddit AMA or something, but he did talk about how he loved working on the show. He wasn't like, he couldn't even walk around. So like all the, all the scenes of him in it are him just sitting in a chair, which you look back and I'm like, oh wow, I didn't even realize that was the, that was the case. But That's it was all because nuts. he couldn't even walk. And they were oh. just like, hey, we'll walk around you. Like, well, like they wanted him for the show. They loved him. They they expressed like they love him as an actor and they didn't want to miss this opportunity. And so if he was willing to do it, they'll they'll do whatever they can to make him comfortable. And he said they absolutely were. He was grateful for the opportunity. <laughs> and and he's the one that Abed drives insane by being like his life study on who's the boss. Is it Angela or is it Tony or is it, you know, Mona? Who knows? And uh, so Abed's like, it's fucking good. It's Tony. It's, 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 <laughs> it's Tony. And here's why. And then breaks it down and then breaks his heart. And then at the end, my favorite, my favorite joke out of that too is at the end, he's just like depressed and like his life's work down the drain because of Abed. 
and then he opens the book. He opens the drawer, and there's a book called "What Was Happening." This, like this, the stories behind what's happening. And he's like, "Okay, and that's like this where he leaves off, so we know he's okay now." Oh my god! But yeah, uh, Streets Ahead is one of my favorite. <laughs> I mean, Ben Chang. Uh, there's a what was it? He he's like a matchbook or something. He's re- reading something off like a matchbook. There's an episode of like like the neo noir episode. Where he's kind of starting to go crazy. Oh my he's god! Like, and he's like, "It's a Palomino." It's like, no, it's like it's like Matchbox. It's Matchbox backwards. It's a Palomino. It's a um, Palomino. Yeah, <laughs> just weird stuff like that. And then like, that's the thing too is you can almost I mentioned The Office and how that show kind of like with Ed Helms like just tried to play up his craziness, and then they tried to just turn him into the new Michael Scott at some point too. Mm-hmm. This show. Ben Chang, that character just goes wacky and crazy and they just like let him go bonkers for a while. Completely and nuts. it's fun. Right. And it's hilarious. And it's all because the study group drives everyone insane. He wants to be a part of the study group. He can't be. So it drives him insane. It's just, yeah, it's all great. Oh, you know who else pops up? There's a name you didn't mention in there. Betty White shows up say- in the show too. Betty White and Hilary Duff. That's right. Hilary Duff's one of the mean girls. Hilary Duff. Yeah. She is a mean girl. <laughs> oh, mean girl. Betty White. My friend has a white boxer named Betty White. <laughs> She's so cute. Um, yeah. But anyway. So uh go watch the show. It's great. I, I please go watch it. the show. It's you know what? It's a very good palate cleanser. And it's definitely one of those shows. I know that we always tell people like, oh, this is gonna be dark, this is gonna be deep, you have to pay attention. I recommend yeah. watching it when you can pay attention because it is very similar. And that of other shows that we've talked about where there's so many jokes in every line and there's so many yeah. callbacks to like other episodes and other jokes. So I recommend that. But it is the humor is mindless, but also very intelligent. I don't know how you would. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. can just laugh to laugh, but then you can yeah. also laugh at really complex, intelligent humor. Yeah. Which I think well, is what, kind of hard to do both. And they do. It's all from the man, the mind of Dan Harmon, which I feel like depending on the age group you're in, you might just be like, oh, that's the Rick and Morty guy and not be interested. Or you're like, oh, that's the Rick and Morty guy. I'm interested. And either way, just set aside expectations. It's smartly written. That's the part of Dan Harmon that I, I recommend here. And yes. by the way, it has a fun, catchy, seemingly upbeat theme song that is just actually depressing if you actually take a minute to like read the lyrics or, or hear the lyrics. You know, I didn't mention it. My favorite fun fact is Dan Harmon, when he was writing these characters, he was trying to be really respectful of the fact that people were going to say that Abed was on the autism spectrum. Yeah. And in writing and researching about autism, because he wanted to be true, if we're going to, if people are going to infer that, let me be true to that and be mindful. And he realized that he himself is on the spectrum when writing Abed's character. What? Really? The diagnosis of Abed. Yeah. Of autism. Yeah. I didn't know that. He didn't realize he was autistic until he was writing Abed's character. And he said it was like really therapeutic and all these things that he thought were like, he'd gotten shit on for his whole life for being weird and like the way that he, and he poured that into Abed and realized that he himself was autistic. It's like my favorite fun fact. So heartwarming. Yeah. And here's the thing. Dan Harmon is one of those people too, that I, I respect immensely the quality of the content and his, his dedication to, the way he writes episodes and the and, and the his concepts behind writing and all that stuff is is really amazing and he's super dedicated. 
but I've also heard stories of like working for him is a nightmare, which for someone like that, who is like that dedicated and like, this is like such a perfectionist. And that was the thing too, is the bickering back and forth beyond Chevy Chase was also like issues he had with NBC because he was also just like running up to the last minute. Everything had to be perfect. And like, so like episodes weren't even submitted to the network, like in time almost ever, but they do touch on, it is funny. They touch on a few times, like Abed is this character and and the way they approach him with love and care. It's the first episode where, you know, Abed said something and, and says something to him and, and then Jeff responds, oh, well, you have Asperger's, you know, and everyone's yeah. like, oh, like that's, that's so mean. But then they are extremely protective of Abed the rest of the series. And, yeah. you know, that's and he really is sort of the main character. It kind of becomes that if you, you know, un- unintentionally or intentionally or maybe I don't know, but it's such a great show. Such great, uh, such great characters. It such, and, um, it's a great show. Yeah. And it. also to connect the dots, because from the world of It's Always Sunny to the world of a community, you have the other show that Danny Pudi is in, not to be clear, not DuckTales. He's on Mythic Quest. Which I have to watch. I have to watch it. Yeah. We've talked about it so many times. I have to watch it. I would yeah. love it. And what's funny about it too is he's a very different character. He's he's not Abed, which I and obviously clearly he's not Abed, but like I think I was almost afraid going in, like, oh, okay, is he just gonna be playing Abed? But no, he's playing a little bit of a dick. Uh he's playing a very different character, but in a very good way. But it's just good to see. And honestly, it's one of those things too, is like anytime the cast of community pops up in something. It's one of those things. And I think this is, you know, I don't get this as much with shows like the office. Like you do, but like Steve Carell, Steve Carell. And you know, like uh, everyone from that show has gone on to do bigger and better things, but what still, it almost feels underdogish when you see, you know, Joel McHale or Jillian Jacobs or Danny Pudi, or even you Nicole Brown, like pop up in other things. You're like, Oh, yeah, we grew up together. We went to college together, kind of. Uh, like, you know, like, yeah. it, it gives you that kind of vibe. That's um, why I watched Love on Netflix, because I was like, yeah. oh, Jillian's yeah. I'm going to watch this. And it was so good. I highly recommend. If you just want, like, a very yeah. easy palate cleanser, I think it's only two seasons. Yeah. yeah. Before we get out of here, I have one weird story to share. <gasps> okay. And I don't know I if I ever it. shared I it with it. you personally, or I don't think it was ever on this podcast, but uh, Donald Glover, who, again, I loved... Donald Glover, Childish Gambino, yes, Childish Gambino himself, which is so. When I was working in radio, national radio, I was sitting at my desk, and my desk was like on like the main floor of like all these other desks for all these other people who worked there. All of a sudden, here comes Childish Gambino, Danny Donald Glover, walking towards me, and like I just sort of turned and like, have you ever met anyone famous or like like cross paths with them? Like not like okay, I'm at a concert. Clearly, that's whatever person I came to see, yes. but like, have you ever like, yeah, the, the okay. town I live in is riddled with them. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You ever just like lock eye contact? Cause your brain is like, Oh, familiar face. And normally you're just like, Oh, familiar face. Oh, Hey, Hey Joe, like whatever. But like when you yes. lock eyes with a famous person, sometimes depending on the situation, your brain's like familiar person. Like, but it's like, Oh no, no, no. Familiar for a different reason. You don't personally know them. And yeah, so you can't I, say hi. Hi, Troy. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> And so I childish and I I locked eyes with him and he was with a group of people all walking down to one of the studios. Like I, I turned my head and he caught my eye and I caught his eye and then my brain kind of froze for a minute. And then he got to my desk, like right next to me. And I go, Oh, Hey, 
And what's funny is we had celebrities kind of coming in every single day, right? It wasn't anything new or anything. And I would always keep an eye out for, because I obviously had to do interviews with people and I would just always like check the list every day. Even if I didn't have anyone I knew I had to talk to, just interesting because every, every once in a while, and this is getting deep, but like sometimes I'd have to be like, oh, that person is not on my schedule to interview, but I should interview them because of reason, right? Or yeah. if I just like, I'm a big fan, so I'm going to figure out a way to interview them. And so I just go, oh, hey. And he goes, hey, what's up? And I was like, oh, I didn't know you were coming in today. Now, in my brain, I'm saying that because he wasn't on the list of guests coming in for the day. So I didn't know he was coming in. But now now I've entered a conversation on line three of this dialogue that I'm just like, yeah, clearly we know each other, right? Like, like, oh, I didn't know you were coming in today. Oh, like, yeah, my, my yeah. boy. And he goes, oh, yeah, it was like last minute. Now, this, by the way, for context, is the point in like the Childish Gambino, like, and I, I didn't understand this till way later that like when he was doing Childish Gambino, he was doing albums, he would immerse himself in characters per album that he did, right? There was like different like yes. pseudo personas he would put on. And this is the one from maybe it was camp that he did where he had like the Kyle from South Park hat, South like Park, with the ear yeah. flaps, right? And he just, and, and so he's wearing that brown, I forget what those those hats are called. And he's just stoned I out of his mind. I call it an Elmer Fudd hat. Yeah, okay, the, oh. like the Elmer Fudd hat. And yeah. the, by the way, the rest of his team and everybody he was with kept walking. So now it's just me and Donald Glover and I'm sitting in a chair and I'm looking up at him and he's stoned off his ass. I think he also thinks that he's supposed to know me because of the way I spoke to him. And so I was he's just like, going oh. with it. Yeah. And so I think I had a conversation with him for like a couple seconds, but now I'm getting nervous because I'm like, oh shit, now people are going to think that I held him up and I turn around and his entire team left. And I was like, oh, I don't want to hold you up. He was like, oh, it's all good. And then he was like, yeah, I'll see you later. And then just kept walking. And so that was like my, you know, 90 seconds hangout with with Donald Glover back in whatever year that was. It had to be like 2014, maybe 2015. I don't know. But uh, it was post community at that point, too. And I'm like, oh, if I knew he was coming in, I would have like held him down and asked him all the questions about his career and and community and all those things. But uh, never got to. Do you think there was a moment when he got back to his team? He was like, yo. Do I know that guy? Yeah. <laughs> you guys know that guy? Who knows that guy? I, that I guy definitely knows all, me. <laughs> I do wonder sometimes, I'm like, you know, if I if I go back and if I watch like Atlanta, which is sort of a parody on like the music industry and like, you know, just like, or yeah. parody, that's the wrong word, but like takedown, if you will. Is that a better word? Like takedown of the fair. industry? Yeah, more fairy, of course. Where I'm just like, oh man, is there a character in there? He's like, remember when I walk through and there's that random dude? random me, dude you know yeah i've i've definitely done that especially in our grocery store which is five inches yeah. big and only open for 13 minutes and they yeah. close at seven minutes early of the 13 minutes i did that with amber tamblin yeah <laughs> she was like oh, did, good you, beer? did you lock so, eyes and, and say hello or like how did that work i just said hi i don't know why i just was like oh hey she's like hi yeah. and i was carrying like a case beer. she's like is that a good one and i was like yeah it's pretty good she was yeah. like oh Awesome. Have a good weekend. I was like, you too. And in my head, I was like, what the fuck are you yeah. doing? You idiot. <laughs> you know, what's funny is for, for my career where I was around, like I spent a lot of time around random celebrities. Cause again, they would all come through and it was people from the world of music and entertainment and sports. It was only him I did that with. And then the only other person I did that with, and it was, and it was weird. Cause I was inside of a glass studio and my brain locked onto him. 
And then he locked eye contact with me and we just watched each other like uncomfortably like that scene in It's Always Sunny where like they're just looking at each other across the room was with Ira Glass, who's the host from This American Life. I love Ira Glass. I would have done the same. Face doesn't match the voice and I love it. I well, it's it, what was great about it too is like I was just like I think my brain locked because I'm like I know who he is, but he's not like such a famous person where everyone knows him. So like my brain is like ruffling through the file cabinet trying to figure out like how do we know this person's person's face? We know them from somewhere. Come on, quick, quick, look, look, look. And then by the time it did, I was like, oh my god, I've been staring at Ira Glass <laughs> through the glass. Oh. For way too long, and uh, it made. I have very embarrassing stories like that, like mortifying. Yeah. Like if I tell them my face gets red, I think I've told it once on here. But in this yeah. small town that I live, there's a, a bar that has like they're known across the state for how good their chicken wings are, yeah. and we're friends with the owner, and we go there all the time. And David Cross and Amber Tamblin again, we're sitting there, and yeah. it was when they first moved to the town, and I am, as we've mentioned, and we will do. Uh, Mr. Show, big fan, big, oh, big fan, yeah. fan yeah. and huge fan of Amber Tamblin on House. And I was like, oh, my God, my sisters, my mom and I, we love House. I was like, I got to send a picture to my sisters. Yeah. It's very dark in this bar. There is no light. Yeah. The lights are off. <laughs> Only the sports televisions are live. Yeah. My iPhone at the time is like an iPhone 4 must have had automatic flash on. So in this oh, very no. dark bar, my flash goes off. My, I th- throw my phone on the ground like I don't own it. Like, I don't know yeah. where that came from. That's not my phone. Throw it on the phone yeah. Every, or on the ground. Everyone looks. My fiance looks at me at the time like I just shit on his face. Like he's been never yeah. been so disgusted and embarrassed to be with me in his life. Even now, look at my cheeks are getting red yeah. and I don't get embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I do not get embarrassed. Yeah. It was so mortifying. I was like, we got our food and I was like, we've got to go. Pack it up to go. Yeah. I can't be here anymore. I cannot be here anymore. I was so, it yeah. was just like us and like three other people in there other than them. Yeah. You, that's you, one of you mine. You think in hindsight now that when you like said hi to her at the supermarket, she's like, that's the bitch who was taking photos well, well, of Well, no, us because at. further on, <laughs> the, like a couple months after that, I sat at the yeah. bar at the same place next to David Cross and yeah. was joking with him and we were talking about baseball and I was shitting on him and making fun of him and I made him laugh and he said I was funny. So Whoa, that, I just a- put it into a neat little bow. And I was like, yeah. I'm going to diddle my box to that for 20 years okay. plus. <laughs> yeah. That's that's how that happened. But yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that's just one out. of many stories. We'll, we'll sprinkle them in because there's many. And I'm not a star yeah. fucker. I do not. Like, if you're a famous person, that's cool. Yeah. Hey, what's up? Yeah. But I don't. Yeah, yeah. And I really fucked up there. So that's that's how we're going to end that episode. That That's the thing, too, is in, even in my career, too, like, I think there's a there's an expectation where it's like, oh, people are people are. The only person I was ever starstruck by was like David Cross. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Bob Odenkirk. Bob Odenkirk. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I can handle that. Yeah. Overload. I, you know, I'll say. I'll, I'm sure okay. more stories will percolate through my brain I'm, too. Yeah, I'm gonna save episodes. mine because I've got some really good ones. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was but fun. Everybody, go watch Community. Go watch Community. Thanks for hanging out with us, and see you next time. Bye. Yeah. Bye.